0: And welcome back to another exciting episode of Hey, did you see this one? Did you? I did. And this week we are doing the first in a franchise film that is choked with both good and bad installments. And that, of course, is the Lethal Weapon franchise, starting with the first movie entitled Lethal Weapons. Some call it Lethal okay. Weapon 1, okay. I okay, just okay, call okay. it Lethal Weapon. And uh, this movie stars Mel Gibson and Danny Glover and a buddy comedy to maybe redefine the genre. I know that it was late in the 80s and there had been a multitude of uh, these types of movies to precede it and to uh, you know come after it. But it is probably one of the best. Especially this one. The franchise, you know, maybe wavers a little bit, but this one is great. Directed On by top Richard of that,
1: Donner. yep, We. I was just going to say, directed by Richard Donner, but this begins Shane Black's epic foray into just the buddy, not just the buddy cop, but the buddy genre.
0: Oh, yeah, Shane Black, king of the buddy genre. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Also, uh So, as I said, Richard Donner, director, you know, probably most famous for Superman, The Goonies. Um, He also did the first Omen movie, but tons of others. Very flexible director. Um, Shane Black, also a very flexible writer. But as most people know, Shane Black loves to set his movies, not necessarily on Christmas, but around Christmas. A lot of his movies have snow in them or you know, Christmas trees and Christmas decorations hanging up in the background. I think he just likes the idea of a beautiful holiday being wreaked havoc upon by some something, something bad. Uh, That's what lonely people. We were going to talk about in this um, month was another Shane Black movie. We won't say what, but it got removed a little bit later uh, in our, you know, as we were refining the list. Um, I'm not even sure if you guys know which one I'm talking about, but uh, maybe we'll talk about it later. Um, but again, I'm Steve hosting this week and, uh, to one of these directions is Jason. I'm not going to be a fool. Uh, and the other is Kaylin. Say hello, everybody. And let me ask you, did you guys see this one? Hey, hold on. Wait, ho. Hey, did
2: you see this one?
1: I, fainted. I fainted this one. it. I think this one. I, uh, I really enjoy, um... Shane, When I say the buddy genre, I mean that he just has this way of writing people, two dudes, t- typically talking to each other that comes off as very like natural, well, like natural, but like in a cinematic way, I guess. Um, and they, like this is his, is this his first movie? Do you know? I think,
0: I think it might so. be his second. He wrote he wrote Predator as well, the first Predator.
1: Okay. What's a Shane Black movie? I didn't know. Him.
0: Shane Black is in the movie. I think Kiss, Kiss, the, was his too. Shane Black is one yep. of the soldiers on the helicopter in that movie.
1: Right, right, okay.
0: Um, yeah, he also wrote uh, Iron Man 3. Uh, and um, He he is a writer, primarily. He's written lots and lots and lots of stuff. Um but, yeah, Shane Black Shane Black is a extremely talented writer. He's sought after in many corners of Hollywood, but he's also very hit or miss when it comes to, like, how deep his hand goes into the pie. Uh, sometimes the light touch is all you need with a Shane Black, and sometimes if he just fists the hell out of that pie, it's going to be the greatest movie ever. It'll be terrible. Um, but, you know, Shane Black has his fans. Shane Black also has his uh his enemies not his enemies but people who don't like him i guess say.
1: he also wrote last action hero which i didn't know right which Ooh,
0: has I a like very that. similar tone to this movie yeah buddy cop but well, with a kid but
1: with a, kid, with a kid. Buddy kid buddy kid cops you know shane black has actually written much less than i thought um his he only has 16 writing credits So well, if you write seventeen things, you have more credits than him. Write seventeen <laughs> reading cards, and technically,
0: I don't know if that but, counts as a credit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I mean, okay, fair enough.
0: Um, I, I have one scarf written. off now that we're here because it's literally making my face red from how hot I am.
1: Woo!
0: Okay, you look a little warm. Yeah.
2: Well, it's. Se- oh, subverted season greetings,
0: y'all. Yeah, look. Yeah, I'm my I Street thinking? Fighter Christmas sweater. Look at uh, Ryu and Ken shooting their Hadoukens at dope. each other. Where um, are their faces? They're like the pixelated versions of them. Like the. Oh, okay. It's okay, like yeah. It's a sweater. Like they not printed. It's just it's different colored yarn or whatever. <laughs>
1: I'm subverting podcasts by promoting a dead podcast that got oh no God, viewers
0: dead podcast <laughs> on this po-
1: <laughs> on this podcast that has five once, viewers
0: once this podcast dies we'll start a new podcast called dead podcasts and we'll just talk about podcasts that have died
1: that have died so like most podcasts the the 1% of podcasts that survive we will not talk about we will talk about my failed wrestling podcast from uh, 2012. <laughs> So, I guess
0: um, I am hosting this week, so I need to keep us on track here as best I can. I found Um, this. Up first, (laughs) put that down and shut up and listen.
3: Um, (laughs) I uh, I tried to grow a mullet for this episode, but this is as much as I could get
0: from last week. Somehow, you got the mullet backwards and the sides are longer than the back or the
1: top. (laughs) A, A backwards mullet?
0: Yeah. It's like a reverse mullet. Um, okay, so first time you ever saw this movie or, you know, remember something from it or it impacted you in some way, starting with Jason, please.
2: This
1: movie, I have never seen all the way through, but I have seen the beginning 10 minutes of many times. To the point that in my head, I thought that his bit. Where he's crazy and psychotic and suicidal was a recurring theme through all the movies. But it seems like that's only in that first half of the of this movie, and then it's sort of revealed that he's not not quite the the person that he I mean, he kind of has it has a change of heart. Um, but what what I will say is I kind of had a reverse thing where watching this movie had a lot of little like a lot of little sparks, a lot of synapses flared, remembering other movies that had references to this movie and suddenly all these references come flooding. That makes sense. Now uh, the biggest one that I noticed was in the movie, basketball. So in the end credits of this movie, there's a song and the credits, the song, the lyrics of the song are clearly made for this movie, but it's like a love ballad that basically just says everything that, that happens in the movie. Yeah. And in the movie, basketball, <laughs> they lampoon this. It's not really a parody. It's not really a pastiche they lampoon it or satirize it. Um in there there's a part near the end of the movie where Trey Parker's like driving home, all the shit's happened to him, and the radio starts playing a song that starts out like a regular ballad, but then literally starts lifting the things that have happened to him up to this point. Um, <laughs> and I never I never really got I knew that it was like, you know, referential to like eighties ballads, but I didn't realize that it's literally this song. Like it's literally lampooning this song. I, I can't corroborate or prove that. But you know, who cares? I'm I'm making wild shots as to what my thoughts and feelings are. So here we are.
2: Uh,
0: um, I don't think that it's a shot in the dark to say that that's probably an inspiration, to say the least. Like th- those guys are constantly referencing. Like their whole their whole thing is taking what's happening in the world and changing it slightly to make it. Fit the means to their end right so like
1: that's true the other thing that i wanted to bring up while I'm, while i'm talking about this specific thing is well i when they in, it's always funny in philadelphia when they do lethal weapon 4 i got <laughs> like I, I i get i got the references i know who murtaugh and rigs are and, and i know that there's like a i see the storyline starting here with Riggs and murtaugh's daughter but what i didn't realize is the cheesy saxophone and cheesy guitar score I thought they were okay. playing that up. I thought they were playing that up for the show, though. Like, I thought that was, like, mm. it's exactly like that. It's, it might be worse. It might okay, actually so, be worse.
0: No, so, okay, this is the thing that I noticed while I was watching it. Sorry, Kalen, we'll get to you in just a second. Just because you brought it up already, Jason. While I was watching the movie, I was like, they're playing the saxophone for danny glover and they're playing the guitar for mel gibson i think these inst- instruments are supposed to represent them and then as soon as they get together they're playing both at the same time and i was like oh they are the instruments and then i, re- I like put in my phone i'm like are they the instruments and then it was like yes that was exactly the plan from the comp- there's like three composers on this movie and like the one thing they all agreed on was that they have to be this guy's the saxophone this guy's the guitar and we're gonna do as cheesy a thing as we can do <laughs> It's not racist. Why is that racist? You could say
3: because the black guy gets the well. sexy saxophone and the white guy gets the electric guitar.
0: The black people invented rock music and blues music, which were both primarily played on guitars. So I don't know if you understand <laughs> music. Uh,
3: so, or that racism. being said, Kalen, what was the first time that you this
2: movie?
3: <laughs> um. So, my original introduction to this movie would have been uh, seeing it through, like, bits and pieces on, uh, uh, what was it, Superstation? I think is what it was called.
1: It was on Superstation Uh, all the time, yeah.
3: Superstation was just an all-lethal weapon all the time. And John Hughes, all John Hughes, too um which was great i
0: love
3: you but i only ever caught like little bits and pieces and then um as i've mentioned on previous episodes like you know when i started like buying dvds from like hmv and whatnot they had all four of them on a set it was like all four for like 20 bucks or 25 bucks or something like that it's, like how could you pass up a deal like that also it's kind of one of the reasons why I hold off on getting some movies right away and wait till they're all created and then get them all as a package just cause it's usually a more like cleaner, concise, uh, um, presentation. Um, but yeah, introduction to this was, uh, just bits and pieces on TV. And then when I finally got the DVD of it, watched it in full and, uh, it's definitely a fun little movie. Um, I, How does Mel Gibson make a mullet look so good?
1: Because it's like barely a mullet. It's it it, it is a mullet, but like it's kind of more of an afro on top. Yeah, (laughs) he looks like a professional wrestler.
0: Um, I think it was also just like he had that hair for a while too. Like not just in this movie, in a lot of movies. Um, That That was style. Yeah, essentially, his Mad Max look was the same. Basically, like yeah. Even was right
1: down to his crazy
0: eyes. In the first one he did, and the second one actually in the second one I think he did too, and then I think it was Thunderdome, which is around the same time as this. Full mullet. Full Mel Mullet.
1: A going mullet. after that I'm going after that oil mate, is what he says in all those movies.
2: We're
1: <laughs> gonna go get some duline, mate. Crikey.
3: Um He definitely well, has very that's... captivating eyes.
1: It's true. He's such a good actor, but he's such a piece of shit. And it it it's really confusing when you watch his old work. That he, like he, like Danny Glover, clearly classically trained actor. Mel Gibson, just like, a co- he's kind of like a Harrison Ford, as I understand. He just kind of was like you you be in movies now. And he's yeah, like acting circles <laughs> around yeah, Danny but, Glover.
0: But he's <clears> yeah, and I think he also has the ability to tap into like real emotions in a way that a lot of. Actors don't. Like I think that he has a couple of things loose upstairs where he yeah. like, <laughs> oh. He's like go insane. Um which, you know, if it makes a good performance, then we shouldn't bat an eye at it. Um I think I, I had heard or read I I don't know if it was a video or a podcast or something I read, but George Miller, the director of all the Mad Max movies. Um and all the pig movies, yeah. Uh, he said that the gift of mel gibson on a set is that he has natural psychotic tendencies and if you can harness those for a performance you're going to get gold every time and it's like you just have to like utilize his crazy eyes and point him in the right direction and he'll give you exactly what you want because he's able to like change his thought process to literally just give you exactly what you want it's like, but I noticed, it's like working with a caged animal who has a brain kind of
1: thing. I noticed that he could even do like the normal, not crazy stuff, because there's that scene where he wakes up Murtaugh with the with the coffee and he yeah. they're just talk they're just having a real like like a back and forth conversation. And it this is the Shane Black writing I'm talking about, where they're they're almost talking over each other. It's so yeah, so no, natural. I have a, I have
0: a few uh, <laughs> uh, examples of, of that, just as like well us. that I, I want to talk about, yeah.
2: Exactly. exactly like us. Exactly like, like us.
0: That. We're a bunch of buddy cops over here. Um, so I guess if we want to just get get the intros out of the way, the first time I saw this movie, I was a little kid. Um, I think this one my parents thought was, like, less violent and scary than Die Hard, so they let me watch it. I also think that they just thought Bruce Willis was scarier than Mel Gibson, and then it turned out that <laughs> – it's the opposite. It's <laughs> the opposite
1: in reality. I mean, I Bruce fear Willis Bruno personally. And Mel Gibson is. I fear I mean, the return of Bruno.
0: Nowadays, were if, I locked, if I was locked in a room with either or, I would assume that Bruce Willis and I would maybe just like talk for a while before he'd be like, all right, so on. one of us needs to. Like, if it was a saw situation, <laughs> it'd be like, <laughs> one of us needs to kill the other in order to get out of here, so I'm going to kill you now. I'd be like, all right, Bruce, this is a good talk. Let's fight. <laughs> Mel would <and people> immediately <laughs> kill me. He just yeah. He would rip on his gonna... own foot and then use the chain to kill me with the chain, and then try and what... find a key inside. And then the saw guy would be like, "I didn't say the key was inside of it." <laughs>
1: what? What were you gonna say, Kalen? You're gonna you you were about to say something there. Did it, uh... did it lead to Ether?
3: The. Well, sorry, are you done your, your,
0: your, your,
3: how you were introduced to this movie,
1: Steve?
0: Uh, no, but we can, if you wanted to say something, it's go go ahead. No, you, you do, well, day. I was
3: just trying to add on, I was trying to add on to your story uh, about Bruce Willis and, and uh, Mel Gibson, and this movie in Die Hard, where the roles were almost reversed, like uh, Mel was supposed to be in Die Hard, and yes. Willis was supposed to be in Lethal Weapon.
0: Yeah, they they both turned down the opposite roles for different reasons, like scheduling reasons, and then they ended up in the opposite roles. It'd be yeah. like a good Marvel uh, multiverse situation to see what the world would be like if those roles, were, like just those two movies, were switched. <laughs> what would happen to the rest of the world? I'd watch They're that. both
1: still Christmas movies. They're both still <laughs> subverted yeah. Christmas movies.
0: They're exactly the same, except it's just. Buddy like, cops! People There's fucking. What's his
3: face from uh, from uh, Family Matters in uh, Die Hard?
1: That's
0: true. Yeah, uh, he's also in Ghostbusters, and uh, he's, he plays a cop in a lot of stuff, and I like to believe that he is like the constant. Like he's like the Uatu the Watcher. Yeah. <laughs> he's, like, like, he's like taking the form of a police officer. Yeah. Uh, um, Anyway, so, yeah, I I saw this movie pretty young, but my most predominant memory of the Lethal Weapon franchise is the fourth one, because that one came out when I was, you know, starting to really get into movies and realize that, like, oh, movies aren't scary. They're just things, and it doesn't matter if it's rated R. I can watch it, and I'll have a good time. Like, when I was a really young kid, any movie that was rated R I just assumed was scary and would be very terrifying. So if at the beginning of the movie it was, like, rated R, I'd be, like oh, no, and then the whole movie, I'd have, like, a blanket, like, shivering, like, someone's gonna face off against a skeleton demon or something. At some point, it's gonna scare me. Come on,
1: well, that's
2: dude, like, I wouldn't enjoy
0: them as much.
1: That's what happened to me, man. I've talked about this on the show many times, but, like, I, I just, did, uh, because of the rated R, I would assume it was, it was really bad and horrific. Like, this movie was rated R, but it's not that bad. Like, there's not even any gore. It's, like, there's barely any blood there's just there's just swearing and, and boobs really and there's only like there's only two times where there's bare bare nudity and, and but the thing is is like i did see robocop which has a lot of like really disturbing gross shit in it that a kid should not see and that's why you need those like different like nowadays this movie could be rated 14a and it would be fine because there's you know tone to, just take a couple fucks out you know, and that's that's yeah. all you would have to do to give this movie a fourteen A rating.
0: Yeah, there's not a lot of blood in this movie at all, Um. No. Or gore. Um, so, yeah, again, I, I saw it very young, but I, I I almost have completely forgotten this one. I feel like I've seen all of the subsequent sequels way more times than I've seen this one. Like we all know the diplomatic immunity whatever <laughs> from the the okay. second okay. one. Okay, that's okay. the okay. second okay. one okay. of this, right? Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, i thought you were i thought you were trying to stop me to say something um no no so no i was
3: just doing a bit <laughs> i when
1: we chose this,
0: i was like That's, is that a christmas movie i don't remember christmas being that in that movie at all like whatsoever so when i but then... when, I first did, when, I, when i sat down i was like okay apparently it takes place during christmas so i'm going to write down two counters one is going to be anytime you see something christmassy in the background or the foreground or whatever nice. And the other one is going to be any time that they mention Christmas in any way. Like if someone says, like, it's almost Christmas. I got to get home to my family. or like
1: I have a favorite Christmas Christmas, moment.
0: Fucker, whatever.
1: I have a favorite Christmas moment I just want to say right now.
0: I'm sure we all do. But I, I made a Christmas counter for visuals and a Christmas counter for people literally saying the word Christmas or, like, happy holidays or Merry Christmas or whatever. Uh, and I have the results if you guys want to hear them. I, I have a, them.
1: Okay. I, I Yes, and I have, on that same note, I have a I'm too old for this shit counter. And it's oh, two. I, I'll,
0: sorry, I'll, <laughs> I did that as
1: well. It's only two, and I thought it was only one, and I thought Actually, it was like at the are end. Three. Oh, there. I missed yeah. one. You missed and one, my, favorite, my favorite Christmas moment is literally just when he's drinking eggnog out of the carton. That's. I love eggnog. <laughs> yeah. And when he just like takes a giant swig of eggnog, I was like, I, uh, that's. A I weird thing. Again, I
2: watched this. I watch this with <laughs> others,
0: and uh, as soon as he started drinking straight out of the carton of like unrefrigerated eggnog, we all yeah, went, Whoa. <laughs> 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 <That's> <laughs> disgusting.
1: Uh oh, we got the spinny wheel. back. Oh, oh, He's absorbing yes.
0: too much bandwidth by having two phones operating at one time. Um. All right. Do we want to, I mean, we can save the counter for later, or we can talk about the counter now.
1: Um, which is,
0: yeah.
1: Oh, there goes one of them. We might have to just hold it.
0: Yeah, okay. We might have to
1: just have him back. Um,
0: So we talk about about Richard Donner. Do you have any uh, favorite Richard Donner movies?
1: Well, Richard Donner, for me, um, I also is, didn't know that
0: Richard Donner directed this, and
2: when I saw it, I. I was like, what? The
0: I fuck? was
1: like, what, what, what? It, you can see, like, I've seen, like, Superman 1 and 2, but as a kid, and you can't really see a lot of the same stuff, but I will say, he did some really unique shots in this movie, um, and mostly what I know Richard Donner for is his being the original Zack Snyder uh, with the release, the Donner cut situation. Oh, which, yeah, was, yeah. which was which was a whole thing we'll have to invite caleb back here in a second uh he yep. maybe we just do the one maybe we just have him on the one screen people can well, see I, that it know, he
0: might have some donner takes but we can talk about donner while he's
1: gone um but there the, the, the was some really the, r- really unique stuff done with helicopters in this movie that i like have never seen before like they, they did a shot yeah. where they're they're The helicopter's flying over a car, but they had to have had another helicopter or something filming down. Yeah, so
0: they just have multiple helicopters, yeah.
1: And then how do you do that shot, how do you do that shot where you have a helicopter like half landing on a car to stop it, you know, and then the helicopter just goes and lands? I I saw a lot of parallels in this movie, a lot of ridiculous shit that you would see in like a GTA game. And there's a few there's a few moments in this. That was another one of those like synapses firing in my brain going, Oh shit, is this directly referenced in Grand Theft Auto? Like when they go into that, that uh mansion and they shoot the first guy and he falls into the pool. There's a there's a mission in GTA where you're in that house. You do like that same house, basically. Also that's uh, Richard Donner's house. Is that that's probably yeah. exactly that's probably exactly why then. So, that was another one of those things, though. So I don't have a huge connection to Richard Donner, personally, but yeah, I do I know... Think, uh,
0: I think The Goonies is probably my, my biggest thing that I've watched the most time, times.
1: What about you, Kalen? You probably missed most of that, but we were just talking about Richard Donner movies.
0: I, I
3: heard all of it.
0: Oh. <laughs> I heard everything you said. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a, a favorite Richard Donner movie?
3: Uh, well, I'm going to slap myself on the hand for not knowing their catalog. That's I mean, okay. I'm sure I Honestly, know I don't know
0: it. Richard Donner is not a Steven Spielberg. He's a very competent no. director who's done a lot of stuff, but he's not somebody that you throw around at the dinner table and expect your mom to know who you're talking about. So like, no, you're,
2: com- well, you're comic, say comic book Goody. nerd friends.
0: <laughs> that yeah, that, right? that's probably my, my favorite as well, is the Goonies.
1: Superman, wow. Superman 2, Lethal Weapon, um, Scrooged. He directed Scrooged, one of our first episodes from, from last year. I do like the Omen. the Omen.
0: Yeah, the first Omen movie is really good, too.
1: He directed episodes of Kojak, which is a show that was on in the 70s. I think that was
0: like um, his biggest... Uh, ability was that he's a very flexible director in terms of being able to direct Lethal Weapon and Goonies within a few years of each other, and they're totally different movies and was have Spielberg different abilities. Involved in Goonies as well. Uh I think he might have been a producer, but I'm not 100 percent certain. Okay. Oh, it, he uh, it feels uh, very Spielbergy, so I, I would be like, maybe.
1: Richard Donner also directed Maverick. Which is a oh, like no,
0: a. Maverick. I haven't seen Maverick in a very long time. Yeah. And we talked, another, we, we talked about this on
1: another. We talked about this on another episode, but he also directed uh, Conspiracy Theory. Ooh, awesome! Which is the one way. where Mel? Well, yeah, the one where Mel gives him plays a, a hilarious conspiracy theorist, and basically invented the. That movie basically invented the aesthetic that we think of when we think of conspiracy theorists. <laughs> right you know oh, like so a dude in his van with like a thing on the wall with the things all connected and he's like hey, everybody's out to get me there but then like they are out to get him just <laughs> like a, a
0: fun bonus fact uh jason's D character in the D and D world that i've been running forever uh his character in my mind was always inspired by mel gibson's character from the movie maverick like he was basically <laughs> like like maverick in my brain. that's awesome
1: yeah Cause to me the person who portrayed the character he was always like Deadpool. Oh. <laughs> there's a little d d There's a little D&D knowledge for you, Kalen. Yeah, I want to um, play
0: d and I know you do. You talk about it all the time. We'll get you playing D&D one of these days. Uh, my only fear of is having you jump into the game right now is that you will have no idea what's going on and it'll be very confusing for everybody and not fun for you. I disagree. <laughs>
1: Just roll him a level seventeen character. He'll figure yeah. it out. I know
0: you've never played, <laughs> but how about you jump in as a level seventeen and figure it? out? I want to be a wizard. Is that high? Is that medium? Yes.
1: It's, it's extremely high. Is,
0: is twenty, and then you can
1: start. Yeah. don't no, no throw
3: me a bone. I'll fuck. It's probably better for me to. I would learn better if I had a. Sh- if I started from the bottom.
1: No. You would but, learn better
0: if you start from the bottom, but you'd
1: have you'd like, die a immediately
0: points, and you get killed in the first battle, You'd incinerated.
1: You might um, get killed so hard that the DM decide the GM decides to kill somebody else in your speed. Yeah, at that
0: uh, in that case, I would probably try and do everything I could to like logically not kill you, but then like a goblin would be like, ah, like, come and <laughs> back them. how do I level
3: up, or do I have to just keep playing and then I'm allowed to level myself up or something?
0: You level up by playing yeah. if you were to like if you were to be in a fight with high level enemies and dive behind like a car or something and everybody else completed the battle and you like threw a rock every once in a while you'd get like <laughs> you thousand points and you'd probably level up like four levels immediately but
1: in one battle yeah that's a yeah. good point anyway we're, we're here to talk yeah, about a,
2: richard really donner that we can
0: make another day um yeah richard donner extremely accomplished director i think his his biggest superpower was being able to be as diverse as someone like Spielberg who who can make children's movies and also make things that are like extremely difficult to digest and mentally draining like, you know, Schindler's list or uh, saving private Ryan or something. Um, but let us now get to the meat and potatoes or the stuffed Turkey dinner, I guess we could call it. Because did I did I miss the counter? Uh, no, I did not give the numbers yet, except yeah. for the two old counter. Jason revealed he had a two old counter, and, and I also three? had two old, two old counter. There's three, yeah.
1: Oh, Kalen, did you get the uh, the lethal weapon set in the movie moment? Least, oh, yeah. We could do that, that right two. now.
3: Twenty two minutes, fifteen yeah. seconds.
1: I had t- uh, twenty two minutes twenty five seconds, but that might literally just be based on.
0: Yeah, I had twenty two. My movie also fucked up, and I was watching it with people on Zoom. So uh, it kind of like – I didn't get the exact time code. So it was 22, and I put down 15 to 40 question mark somewhere in between there. Um,
1: all right. Where so did you
3: end up first... – oh, just wait. You, uh, did you do this one, Jay?
1: I had to. I had to. I There's nowhere to get it. There was nowhere to get Let's it.
3: Tell them I lent it to you. If they ask, it was it was I. I gave
0: you the the go ahead.
1: Where did you watch it, Steve? Kalen lent oh, it to me, it. but
0: oh, I bought it on my Xbox.
1: Oh, oh yeah, me, I should. I
0: think Didn't YouTube you might have deal? actually it's had it. One? Yeah, it was on sale. Did you get all four of them? Sweet. Uh, no. Uh the the other three were in a pack and then this one was separate and they weren't all together. It was so weird. I was like, what the heck? Oh, right. but I think they're owned by different people. The
1: other three are also on Amazon. Companies or
0: something?
2: Yeah.
1: Yeah, uh, this is a Warner Brothers movie. Also the other three aren't movie. written. The other three Shane Black only has a credit as characters for. I don't think he wrote at like I don't I don't think he wrote the other three at all.
0: Yeah, I would be interested to watch the rest of them, though, because I did enjoy this one quite a bit. and I'd like to see how the because char- the characters are the most interesting part of the movie. The, the the story is, you know, whatever, and like the bad guys are whatever. But the, the relationship between the two characters is, is what's interesting about this movie, right?
1: Isn't so Joe I, I Pesci like in him. the fourth one?
0: Yeah, in, I think he's in the fourth one. Yeah.
1: Oh, OK. And I
0: think Chris Rock is also in the fourth one. <laughs>
1: I also I misspoke earlier. It's Lethal Weapon Five on It's Always Funny, and uh, the funny thing about that is they they they're gearing up to make a Lethal Weapon Five, I think, and that'll be weird to do because they'll literally have to have um they'll literally have to have Murtaugh be dead or in like a home because even though he was he played fifty but was much younger, he's only seventy five now. He would be like in his eighties <laughs> in. Yeah in the movie universe and there's no way he would definitely be way too old for. he would have to say I'm extremely old for this shit yeah. or something like that
3: Yeah, I'm too
0: dead I'm for this shit I might as well be
1: dead it says I'm that really on his dead. tombstone I'm, too, yeah, dead I'm too dead for this, this shit, <laughs> shit.
0: Yeah, they, they're visiting the grave the grave um, oh, so I think they were going to do I mean, a I five we should go we're almost like we're almost near the end. We haven't even really talked about the movie at all. <laughs>
1: um, well, we're like, plot. we're like, no, it's only night. We started officially at ten after. Okay,
2: sorry.
1: Yeah. Uh, so we have we have some time to d- dilly dally. And If you look at the movie here, it's only him getting tortured. So we, even in the movie, there's still like a half hour left.
0: Oh man, my favorite uh, weird dude who's in such so as <laughs> Endo.
1: He's forgotten more about torturing people than you've probably been hurt in your life or whatever.
0: Yeah, his name is Al Leong, and he's in so many movies. He's in yeah. so, so many John Carpenter movies. He's in so many movies that like preceded this and like um, came before it. And it's just like, he always has the exact same look, which is like a wispy mustache, and his hair <laughs> starts halfway through his head, and he just has long hair, he's in like so many movies. Sometimes he plays a main character with lines, Sometimes he has no lines whatsoever. Sometimes he's just training somebody. Uh, and other times he returns in the same series to come back in Lethal Weapon 4 as a different character with a real Oh, character. really? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. Lethal Weapon 4. Um, my first note about the movie is that we're introduced to the suicide victim slash murder victim, Danny Glover, and Mel Gibson, and all three of them, upon their introduction, are completely naked.
2: <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh. Ooh, oh, that's a good one. And it's so weird. It's like, you know, you're like, oh, her boobs are out. Crazy. Uh, immediate. I've never start. seen a
1: movie start. Well, I've seen movies start I'm with t- with their <laughs> boobs out. Uh, but not not the kind of movies you watch in a in a well maybe back in the eighties you Yo, would see you these kind Parto's of I'm talking that <laughs> eh, that's true sometimes they do the one that was sent to him with the girls in the shower later in the movie which with the same girl that that kind of looked like there was some porno stuff going on maybe a side plot that got mixed
0: pornographic videotapes
1: but. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I you know, what keep an eye out as we do this series for movies that start out with directly bare breasts in the first one second.
0: You know what? I think The Nice Guys has boobs really quick. And I remember I was watching The Nice Guys on also a Shane Black movie by the way.
1: Yeah, um, I noticed that when I was looking at it on IMDb.
0: I was watching it on the on a plane and I was like watching it. I was like man, this movie's pretty compelling and then it's like zooms up and there's like a woman dead on a car very similar to this. Tits out, and then I look over and there's like a seven year old boy like <laughs> sitting next
1: to me, seeing his, his first boobs ever. was like, vanilla. "That happened." The Zoom. show yeah, yeah. "Moms" has has boobs in the first like two minutes. I watched that on a plane, and I was like, "Off." His mom was in the
0: bathroom too, so it made me feel like, "Oh my god!" And I was like trying to figure out how to fast forward on the touch screen, like get rid of these tits before his mom's come his Mom <laughs> comes back. Not your fault. Uh, I did, I know I didn't direct the movie, <laughs> and I didn't, yeah, but the plane plane is the a, a flight yeah. <laughs> exactly. exactly. I didn't know there was gonna be tits, and I didn't know that this kid next to me was gonna see the tits, and that I was gonna be like covering the screen, like putting a finger <laughs> to cover the nipples. Um, <laughs> anyway, did you uh, feel so through the were naked very weird.
3: Did you feel the way she was, she landed on the car, didn't look real?
0: Uh, I didn't, but it, she seemed peaceful, and I think that's what the point was, is that she was supposed to look peaceful at that point.
1: Okay. She was also double, she was double dead. Um, she, there's a state, she, it took Drano pills and then yeah. jumped out of a, you know, 20 story building. So, like, but what I thought is immediately is I thought, I didn't know how to gauge what kind of gore or blood was going to be in this movie. And when I saw how high she fell from, I was expecting to show what happened to her and it'd be disgusting. But then when I saw okay. that there wasn't even blood, I was like, Oh, this is just going to be a lot of swear words.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> um,
0: can we get a quick, like, let me just try and do my quickest summary if I can. Okay. So the plot of the movie is two police detectives, one, one, who has just turned 50 feeling his age kind of disheartened by the job is partnered with somebody who's unhinged. His wife has just died. He is potentially suicidal, which is continuously commented on by a police psychologist, psychiatrist, not sure what that woman's title is, but she keeps telling them that he's unhinged and he's suicidal and he shouldn't be, shouldn't be out there. Um, they are paired together. Murtaugh is, uh, basically there to chaperone Riggs throughout, um, his analysis or his, you know, his, uh, they're they're basically just trying to like make sure that he's not crazy. Um, these two are sent to investigate the suicide of a hooker. Um, Murtaugh realizes that the victim, the victim, because she's, I mean, she's a hooker. Yes, I guess. Fine. I shouldn't have put quotations around it. She's a literal hooker. Um, but Murtaugh is, um, Friends with the father of this uh, suicide victim, which he realizes upon the investigation, and uh, goes to visit him, realizes something might not be right within the conversation with their father when he asks, You need to kill the people that killed my daughter. You owe me one. You owe me one, is in referral to the fact that they fought in the army together and uh, the father saved uh, Danny Glover's life during that war. Um, in their preceding investigations, they realize that um, perhaps the other hooker that they found at the Christina <laughs> crime maybe knew more than she was leading on. So they go to investigate her. Her house blows up. That is when they realize that there's something more going on here. So they go back to this rich guy's house to investigate him further. He gets murdered. All the while we're cutting in between these like shady characters. You're not sure what's going on, but you know that it has something to do with drugs confirmed by the father when he's drinking eggnog and says, we're taking heroin out of Asia. He
1: gets <laughs> uh, and, Why can't you uh, heroin... just call it heroin? They yeah. keep calling it merchandise. Anyway, sorry.
0: And at this point, uh, they kind of get wrapped up into this heroin world with a general who's, um, you know, was part of the same sort of regiment as Riggs, uh, as proven by the tattoo on his arm that a young boy who witnessed uh, somebody, a meter man uh, aka Gary Busey fixing a bomb up inside the guy's house has the same tattoo and uh, they realize that they're all working for this heroin import I was going to say company but it's like a cartel basically Um, (laughs) and because these two cops are now roped into this uh, Murtaugh's daughter gets kidnapped and then they go to try and rescue the daughter and that's basically the story they do rescue her they end up killing everybody in this cartel. And that's how simple the story is. It's basically like we go to investigate a crime and a bunch of shit unfoils. And then we realize that uh, we're in deeper than we thought we were Riggs.
1: <laughs> that is sort Riggs. That is sort of the 80s movie archetype. where they sp- I think that's why a lot of 80s movies are boring a lot of the time. It's because they spend all this time building up what's going to happen just for this like action yeah. sequence payoff and i I want to bring this up now before, before i have we still have a few minutes to talk about things because i I really want to ask you guys do you do you have a, a theory about like what's the your difference between a movie and a film because I think I figured it out, and this movie plays it perfectly for it for me. A film has neither or or it lacks both of these things typically, but may have one or the other uh so it is a spectrum. Uh, a film will not have a car chase and an explosion. A movie will always have a car chase and an explosion. And if you watch a lot of blockbusters, they'll always have some form of car chase or boat chase or chase and an explosion. And this movie has both of these things, has several car chases, several cars chasing a foot chase that chases a car with a gun that results in an explosion. Um, <clears throat> I just wanted to talk about my theory about the difference between a movie and a film and a film Um, would typically not have either of these things.
0: I can name like like 20 movies that have car chases that I would consider films.
1: Okay. Well, I'll see you guys later. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Like French
0: French Connection.
1: uh, That has car uh, chases though, doesn't it?
0: Yeah, French Connection. That's what I'm saying. It's a film.
1: Does it have explosions?
0: Uh, Fury Road.
1: Fury Road's a movie. It's I just, just a really a good movie. No, it's a film. <sighs> wow. Well, you fucking cracked... You... That movie kind of throws away my whole theory. But the, but the nature of the Mad Max movies, even though they are films, but have a, a car chase and explosions.
0: explosion... I think that the difference is that in the hands of a filmmaker... A movie can become a film. Okay. Um, so if, if somebody, if, some, if like Michael Bay was given the rights to Mad Max and made Fury it, Road... Oh my God. It would be a
2: movie. It would, not,
1: it,
0: wouldn't, it would be a movie. <laughs> but because George Miller made it, it's a film. And he, he takes the time to make you give a shit about all these little details. And he, he puts the details everywhere around you at all times to make you believe that you're watching a world that exists. When I watch so, Transformers, I don't believe that any of this is real. I'm like, this is a fucking movie and like this is just here to show me Shia LaBeouf being like, Oh, 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 oh my
1: Chihuahua. But listen Chihuahuas to this, would you
0: racist stereotype?
1: This movie is is very well made. I'm a spoiler alert, I'm gonna give it a pretty high rating for it being basically a popcorn munching action movie. Um, because Shane Black is a a phenomenal writer and Richard Donner is a filmmaker, essentially. Like you know what I mean? Um, when you look at Die Hard, Die Hard doesn't have any car chases. It has a few explosions, but it's played in a very realistic. It's an action movie, but it's played very realistic. So when you com- when you compare these movies and spoilers, again we're going to be comparing these movies this month. Um, <laughs> do you think we're gonna hit that movie and have a have a, a new epiphany about what it? because action movies always make me think of this every single action movie i've ever watched i've sat there and been like oh there's this car chase oh there's the explosion it's a movie but you make a very interesting point when you talk about fury road specifically because that is an art film (laughs) that's
0: a pretty like like a titanist example like I, i my brain went Immediately when you said that, I was like, well, what about Fury Road? It's like beautifully shot. There's amazing music. The acting is impeccable and the world feels real. Like I believe in the world when I'm watching it. I think that's the difference between a movie and a film. To me, it doesn't have anything to do with car chases and explosions. I think it has to do with believing that I'm watching a real world. Like, I don't feel like I'm watching something that has just been designed to entertain me. I'm watching something that makes me invested in everything that's happening. And I think that, as you were saying earlier, Jason, there's Shane Black writing. And I don't know how much of it was punched up by the additional writers, because there were some writers that came in afterwards to make it more humorous and stuff. But there's a lot of stuff in this movie that makes me invested in, particularly Murtaugh, um, in terms of his family dy- dynamic, even the design of the house, um, the way he interacts with his family. It felt very Spielbergian. At the beginning, when he's like coming down and being like, "Oh, I forgot it's my birthday," and like, you know, he, she's like, "Watch out not to step on the eggs." And he's like, "What did I? I didn't
1: think I, I do not the know eggs. there were eggs on the floor." <laughs> yeah, exactly, like, <laughs> like
0: that kind of stuff. And then, like later, when he's in the car with Riggs and like Riggs lights a cigarette, he's like, "You're not gonna smoke in here." And it's like they're just—it's just these aerial shots of the car driving up the Beverly Hill. They could have just had the Beverly Hills and them driving up with no dialogue, but they have dialogue playing over <clears> top of it. And he's like, uh, yeah, I am gonna smoke in here. You got a problem with that? And he's like, I do got a problem. Of course, I do. And he's like, well, why? You want me to open the window? And he's like, no,
1: I gotta watch out for my lungs. I gotta take
0: care of my body. I don't want to fucking die young. And like that kind of stuff, like, makes them feel like real people because they're and that stuff also that has nothing to do with what's going on in the movie. They're just having a conversation, and it's not dumb. It's sort of character building.
1: Another movie like... I thought about a lot while I was watching this was Beverly Hills Cop, which doesn't hold up that well. It, now that there's lots of funnier, better, better action movies, like since then, I, I'm sure when that came up, blew people's minds. This movie I was expecting to be very much in the same vein, but this yeah. movie is like it doesn't. It's not trying. It's not Eddie Murphy trying to be funny. It's two char- two character actors playing off each other, and the comedy comes from that. And then little moments like you're saying throughout the movie that really make you kind of have a bit of dissonance you know you you kind of lose track of time where when we were watching halloween i was aware of every second i was so bored you know what i mean yeah. like you, you see what i'm saying like how some movies can like you just want you just get to the next thing i just want to know what the next thing is but this i was totally expecting you to be bored because it's an, an 80s action movie it's a it's one of those prototype architect movies that begins a type of genre you know what i mean um, and I was yeah. expecting it to just be like, get to the point, but then I would lose 10 minutes. You know what I mean? I, I would just lose 10 minutes, and then I'd be like, oh, this is this this, this kind of movie. There's going to be these sequences. The whole section with the jumper was one of the best, just if, if you could make a TV show out of Lethal Weapon, which I'm very aware that there is one now um, yes. in the year of our Lord 2021, but if you made a TV show out of it back then, you would have those two going on these weird little adventures where... Where yeah. Danny well, Murchison's very by the book, and Riggs is like, "Let's do it, fucking guns blazing, crazy style." Well, yeah,
0: I mean, they could have made that, like you're saying, a TV show. They could have made that moment into an an entire episode.
1: Exactly. They made
0: that like a lethal weapon episode. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, Kaylin, you have any thoughts? Sorry, we've been talking and you haven't said much, so I just want to make sure you're not holding back. Um,
3: I'm not holding back. I just find it hard to. Uh, include myself without interrupting or intervening or or derailing
0: trains of thought. Okay, so let me rephrase. I think that we came to a a conclusion of a thought, me and Jason, now. Do you have something you'd like to add? Like you want to um, Uh, bring up a new topic? I have a few different points about a few different
3: things that were discussed. So one of the points at the beginning about everyone being naked one, I don't know why they stand out for me, but Mel Mel's nips. I wrote down Mel's nips. They just—they are tiny. Yeah, they're little. <laughs> they're very small and very eh, whatever. Pointy. They're uh, very the pointy thing, and
0: tiny. Yeah,
3: yeah. Yeah, very pointy. They're not. I kind of want to show you guys my nips right now, just to let you know why it's on my mind because they're not like my nips. Hey, anyway, I won't do that. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I was no, going to ask you um, guys: <laughs> Would you guys ever bust in on your parent in the? bathtub like
0: yeah i wrote i wrote that down as well family tub time is what i called it and i said weird (laughs) um to the point
3: about film versus movie uh mark little from picnic face and his own you know comedy (laughs) styling stand-up
1: friend of the friend of the show friend of the show he was on (laughs) blossom place anyway sorry go ahead Yeah,
3: uh, but so Mark Little, he had a and I, I'm not going to try and repeat it because I would just kill it. But he had a bit about a, a movie versus a film and to try to sum it up, a movie, it just kind of like gives you it like, here like just here you go, movie or like, here you go, viewer. You're all taken care of. You have nothing to worry about or think about. Whereas a film you have to actually work for and like you're saying, like you're you get invested into it. Um, I think it's kind of, like, just to summarize, like, he he had a comedy bit about it, it was a lot funnier, but, um, and then, uh, what was the last thing you guys were just talking about? (laughs) I was focused on Mel's nips the whole time, I'm sorry.
0: (laughs) You're just, like, seeing them, like, both of our eyes have turned into, like, Mel Gibson.
1: (laughs) I will say, to that point, Kalen, Leon the Professional is absolutely a film, and that definitely has explosions and... Uh, that's another Fury Road situation. I think there's a chase in it, too. If There's, if there's a, at there's least a, a foot chase. chase. There's
2: definitely a
0: foot chase, yeah. Well, a lot yeah. of those movies... Uh, what's the director's name?
1: The French dude who did uh, uh, Fifth, Fifth Element. And, and Fifth and Element, though? New. Kind of kind of a movie. And I think he was going... I think he was lampooning big-budget movies in that a little bit. I think yeah, that yeah. was now the he point. He was trying awesome.
0: to make a, like a satirical... Yeah. Uh, like a star, like almost like a Blade Runner or a Star Wars, but then he yeah. ended up making a very great film and he's like, Oh, I I accidentally made something that I was making fun of.
2: <laughs>
1: <Pipsies>. Closer to <laughs> closer to like Star Trip Starship Troopers where it's trying to say something um yeah. by doing something different. Well, that's Starship like a,
0: Troopers a, is Vierhoven a movie I would love to talk like, about. Because a lot of Virhoven movies are just like people think they're movies on the outside, like like I like the, like a boomer mentality where they're like, "Oh, that was violent and weird," but they're not thinking about the content. Where like he's being like, "I'm trying to make a movie that says something about consumerism, you stupid."
1: I'm, trying, I'm trying to make an anti-fascist anti-fascist movie about the movie is America. About
0: police brutality is destroying America. General <laughs> <Terror> Alarm, <laughs> alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> the RoboCop represents all of police brutality inside of a robot. Uh yeah. Also, what was with that? Okay, so you remember the scene in the desert? Another thing that's been LARPed on LARPed has been like uh, harped on by lots of movies. Uh they they're trying to do the desert transaction and then like the guy who comes out and he's like, Give us or so he's like, you, put your hands above your head and then it's like, Give me my daughter <laughs> And he's like, daughter, your, daughter, your hands on your head and he pulls out a grenade <laughs> He's has a grenade. I'm like, who is this guy? And like, he
1: doesn't
0: have any other lines outside of like, he's got a
1: grenade. Oh, he's and the like, villain from Die Hard. Uh, <laughs> oh, Hans
0: Grupper? Yeah. Uh, he, he reminded me of like an Indiana Jones Nazi scientist. Like, a, yes. like, a per- like, they just cast him to be like, let's just get some little weirdo in the front with an AK-47 who's going to be like, he has the tinted glasses, the round glasses, and you're like, there's something that they're trying to do here, but I don't know what it is. <laughs> like they're trying to do, like they're trying to do a diehard thing, and I don't know if it's working, but it's working for me because I loved it. I was like I love this character. I want to see more of him, and he didn't appear again until when they're escaping in the club, and he's just at the bar drinking, and Mel gets him, to shoots him right away, and it's like a top-down yeah. view too. You don't even get to see his face or anything.
1: Uh, the uh, another thing I wanted to bring up was how by the end of the movie, uh, Riggs has gone full Rambo, like full like he, when they're yeah. escaping from that building, he gets progressively dirtier and dirtier and loses more and more clothes. And then by the <laughs> end of it, he's running through the streets with the biggest gun in the movie. He's got a shirt open. He's got his dirty white tank top. He's running. That's fucking, I've never seen anybody run that fast, especially holding a full-on AK-47. And he's just full. He's in full action hero mode. And I didn't know that this movie got to that. Like, I knew it was an action movie. But I didn't realize by the end, even Murtaugh, he's got, like, he, you know, he's, his jacket's off. He's got two pistols. <laughs> he's running around with two pistols. Yeah. Like, it's, it's awesome. This movie Even is fucking beater,
0: awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I do like that he like got tired too. That that made me be like, oh, they're you know they're not doing the Rambo thing. When people get hurt, they get hurt. Even at the end of the movie, when Mel Gibson has had a fist fight on a wet lawn, <laughs> like and he's at his wife's grave, like he's look he's all beat up, like he's not just uh, you know back to normal.
1: So that fist fight made no sense to me. Oh, why why would all all, all all the yeah. police be there and they just let this fight happen? Also, another thing I wanted to bring up, going back to my other movies connected, like, not understanding references, but now am, is the, the scene at his wife's grave at the end of the movie is definitely the thing that they're referencing in the McGruber movie, where he bangs that ghost. <laughs> did, did you guys see McGruber?
0: I've seen it. Before. I, I saw it a while ago. Sorry.
1: His, his wife is played by Maya Rudolph, and she comes he goes to like do the same scene but then she comes in and she's like I'm a ghost and they bang and they keep doing shots of him just like humping things yeah, it's very funny. Have you ever watched Mr. in a while. It hey, yeah, see I this one I've seen
0: the once and I think it was one of those like I kept leaving the room
1: and coming back and being like, "Oh
0: yeah, this is on still. I'll watch."
1: It's very dumb. Yet. It's very dumb, but it's very SNL movie. So, if you're in the mood for a dumb SNL movie,
0: Um, the line, all dressed up and no one to blow.
1: Yep. I wrote that down.
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's all we need to say.
1: Oh, I got
3: a question. Why did he kick down his own door? (laughs)
0: Because he was concerned that there was terrorists inside of his house, or gangsters. But it's his door! Just open it! (laughs) If if you're opening it with a... If you're putting a key in the door... The noise, they can just shoot you through. If you just bash it open, with your gun out.
1: They also didn't take enough time to make it seem like Joshua, like Gary Busey's character. Also, showed Gary Busey playing a different role for once. Uh, <laughs> Joshua is Gary Busey. Um, they didn't take enough time to explain that Joshua was like this next level assassin. Yeah. To have him, it necessary for him to drive. Though. I know, but to have it necessary to have to to get catch him off guard, drive a whole ass car into Murtaugh's living room. That part I was like, was that? Yeah. Did you need to do that? There's nothing else he could have done there but destroy Murtaugh's house. The dude has three children. He he has a cop salary. His wife is like a teacher or something. <laughs> um.
0: No, I I agree. I I think that he was he felt threatening. And I think the only reason that he felt th- threatening was that part at the very beginning where they burned his arm.
2: Like,
1: I, his I, feel arm. Like, yeah. I
0: feel like that's like the only thing. And he was a good shot. Like when he shoots dude through the eggnog, um, <laughs> right, right in the nog. Um, I was like, oh, he's a good shot and he can burn his arm without feeling pain. <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, he's like an X-Man.
1: But he's still like, go have the blah, 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 take a look at that. Because clearly he had go like a secondary labor. I remember yeah. when I, <laughs> I watching
0: that. I was like, Endo, cool name. And then Endo's the torturer later. I guess he's also like a doctor.
1: He's also their com- their combat me- medic.
0: Yeah, that makes sense. <sighs> um, I think that Gary Busey, yeah, like he, he felt less threatening than the old man. Um, but the old man got blown up in a fucking... Jeep full of heroin and a bunch of grenades, <laughs> and you're like, oh, that guy died, I guess. And then it's just like he has to fist fight Mel Gibson on a front lawn, which is like, again, the weirdest. In the thing rain. In the rain. And I was watching this with, again, with a couple other people, and I was like, I was looking around, and we were like, uh, this would never happen ever, right? It's like, yeah, no. No. They wouldn't, a bunch of cops wouldn't pull up and be like, let them fight.
1: and then then, then throw him a belly club
0: (laughs) the only thing I could think yeah like take this and he grabs it and he's like also what is that big pipe he's using where did that come from Um, it's when he
1: threw him through that he threw him through like a Christmas tree or not a Christmas tree but like some sort of Christmas thing and it broke and then he picked up the pipe from it
0: I see well that's beyond the point because what I was going to say is like after the fight is you know coming to an end uh, Riggs puts him in a leg lock, and he's holding him. And Danny Glover is like, "Break his fucking neck! Break <laughs> his fucking neck!" I'm like, holy fuck! I hope none of these police officers have body cams on, because yeah. like, I'm like <laughs> flash-forwarding to like a, a court date where like Mel Gibson is like in chains, <laughs> and like <laughs> Marta is on the stand. He's like, "So uh, when the defendant had the the victim's uh, head." in a leg lock, is it true that you yelled, break his fucking neck, break his fucking neck? <laughs> uh, I don't know, things were a little foggy. Well, we yeah, I'm too old for this shit.
1: <laughs> uh, also, speaking of political commentary, uh, that stands for today, the kid, one of the kids goes, uh, my mom my mama says that cops only shoot black people. And then I was like, "Oh, that movie came out like 40 like years ago." ago. Like, like, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. It was played for a laugh the, for now. and it's It was played for a sad. laugh in 1987, but in 2021, that's uh, that's uh, literally
2: the whole year was, was Yeah.
1: Actually,
0: uh, um, Richard Donner the script when it was written, neither of the characters were described in their race whatsoever and uh mel gibson was cast first and then uh one of the casting um agents was or casting director sorry it was like right. oh man this guy was in the color purple and he's a uh, fucking amazing his name's donny uh, uh danny glover <laughs> and, and you know richard donner at that point was considered sort of like a liberal you know director he's like you know open-minded about everything and they're like You should consider Danny Glover, and he was like, "But he's black." And then everyone was like, and he's like, "Oh fuck, yeah, you're right. No,
2: I'm sorry, I'm sorry."
0: It wasn't that he he like his his gut reaction was, "But he's black," because he had already pictured this guy as white in his mind because there was no racial description whatsoever. And at that time, I think even probably today, if someone's not described. By a specific race, people just assume it's a white person, and it's because scripts are primarily written by white people and directed by yeah. white people, and that's how it is in Hollywood. Yeah, um, there was, I don't. think another. It would have worked as well if it was to like an old white man and a young, like oh. if like Clint Eastwood or something played Marta. You know, like I don't. Think I it think it would have
1: worked, worked, but it wouldn't have had. You, you kind of need, you know, buddy cop movie need the two people to be very different, and in the '80s, that's about as different as you got. You know, oh, yeah. single single white male lost his wife, and a f- black family man with a big family. That's you know that's the that's the perfect that's the perfect uh, recipe for a good dynamic, especially where Myrtle's wife just cannot cook to save her life. Yeah, and I thought that was a good. little that was a really weird thing to put in there. Another really weird, really like thing written into the plot was that the homicide detective has that little like monologue about how like men today you know men today are too sensitive and they're not strong like they were when i was a a kid and i I was like what the fuck is this what is shane black trying to like but
0: then they also had that other one where the guy was like i'm a classic 80s man he's like what do you mean 80s man he's like well last night i uh i was in bed and i started crying and he's like you cry were you with a woman and he's like i wasn't with with a woman that's why i was crying but I think that, like, the whole thing is supposed to be, like, men, we can be sensitive too. And it is, like, a little bit, you know, ahead of its time in terms of, like, trying to say something about, especially, like, police force people.
1: I wrote down in my notes, I wrote down in my notes literally, like, wait till you see 40 years from now in the 2000s where everybody
2: <laughs>
1: everybody is on a different spectrum and, every, and men are much more sensitive and women are much more empowered. You know, like it's, it's different. It's a completely different world today than it is from 1987. Some for the better, some for the worse, you know, inflation.
0: I don't think that this movie is saying anything (laughs) about uh, power structures in terms of race or gender or sex or anything. I think that like, it's just doing its best to like commentate while also presenting you with a story. Um,
1: But not throwing around, not just jamming, you know the F slur down your throat all the time. Like, and there's like, I'm sure I mean, we can watch. One, there's one in the
0: movie. And I was like, there was oh, one. They almost got uh, away. But it. he was putting out the fire. But... Yeah.
1: Oh, I missed yeah, I it. saw it and then heard it. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, but what my point is, with a lot of eighties movies, like you'll go through, we've even watched a few ourselves where they just are homophobic and racist and, and not ironic about it. Like not in like in this movie where it's, the guys like you know ben today like they're so sensitive and that was kind of like a commentary you know a, a tide changing a paradigm shift it wasn't right. just him being like dudes today i'm <laughs> you know what i mean like it, it it it's there's a there's a nuance to it that that i feel like this movie navigated well and uh, it didn't mean to. It could have just been like, "Yeah, my new black friend. Let's go shoot shit." And that's what I thought yeah. this movie was, man. I didn't realize there was so much nuance and so much good dialogue and it was written so well, and it's just paced so well. And I, I saw the, I saw the runtime, and I was like, "Fuck, they're gonna take the first act is gonna be this setup that's gonna take way too long." But the setup was very important to show who the characters were. And then act two was a little bit lengthy, but that was the detective part. And then act mm-hmm. three was like the home aloneness of it, where they just go on a full-on Oh, they're just terror. punching and shooting but, people. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um,
0: no, yeah, I, yeah. You are correct in everything that you just said. Um, sorry, Adam. Oh, sorry. I was going to go back to the dialogue, which is what you're talking about. And like, there isn't really a lot of, of uh, racial stuff brought up, which is good outside of the, the little kids saying, like, they say that police officers shoot black people, which we already talked about, which is, like, heartbreaking when you watch it because you're like, oh, no.
1: That's what our world is talking about, too. <laughs> All <of> the time, <laughs> constantly.
0: Um, but, again, it's, it's a testament to the, the writing that, it makes you believe in the world. And like, I'm almost inclined to call this a film and not just a movie because of that kind of stuff where I'm like, these things feel real. Um, Small things like the stuff that I cited earlier with the smoking in the car and the family stuff, but even stuff where uh, the police chief is like, you look younger with the beard. And then the other guy's like, Oh yeah, you shaved the beard. And it's like that one line has then given me like this whole perspective of this character where he was just, walking around with a full beard. And I'm like, oh, he had a whole life before this mustache. And that's not the point. The point is not for you to imagine (laughs) him with a beard. The point is to imagine him having a full, whatever, like 30 years on the force, like whenever he became a police officer. When did he grow that beard? You don't know when did he shave it? A couple of days ago, and he just turned 50. So you're like now imagining this whole maybe 20 years, 30 years of him on the force with a beard and like that's what that line is meant to represent is like to show that he had something for so long that nobody noticed is gone or is gone um those kind of little lines just like take a movie from being something where you're like i'm watching this to like now understanding small pieces of a character that uh yeah. otherwise wouldn't exist it's not like a Again, like a transformers where uh you know they're showing Megan Fox's ass while she's like working on a motorcycle like
1: <laughs> it's the best part of the movie, and I don't mean that in a sexist way. it's just every other scene with a robot is so it, there's so much shit happening that it can't my my puny human brain can't process those movies.
0: I well, that's what I'm saying is that like there is a million miles in OU Shaped Beard and there's no miles other than getting a half boner when you see Megalog while <laughs> oh,
1: she's working on fucking Leonardo. And you have to be like into that too. Which yeah. most people like not just dudes, like most people are into that scene. What, what?
0: My other note was I think it's fitting. Pornographic videotapes. The dad, and he's like, she was making videotapes. Pornographic
2: videotapes. <laughs> and
0: uh, I thought for a moment, I was like, I guess there was a time where people found great shame in pornographic material, but now people are like heralded and worshipped for their OnlyFans pages.
2: And stuff. Yeah. They're
0: like celebrities who will give you a free show, and then you pay to see them like Eat a cake shaped like a dildo. Well,
1: until naked. around the year 2000, porn was hidden, and now it's porn is just you can just Everywhere, type yeah. in "boob" in Google and you get porn.
3: Right. <laughs> oh man, did you guys see the? Uh, did you guys see the uh, the meme about the the word "boob" or whatever? Like how the so like a big B is like an aerial view, and then the two O's oh. is like a front view, <laughs> and then the little B is a side view.
2: Yeah, that's
1: amazing. I think I have seen that before. That's funny. That's a, that's comedy. That's a good joke. Um just wanna give you one of these, Steve, because it's uh I you know, you're the host.
0: I know. You're the host. I know I'm the host.
1: You're the host. All right.
0: Uh two last notes. Lost boys was on the marquee of the movie theater because Richard Donner was a producer on it. Just so you know, that's why that was there. Um the Corys. The blocking of the gun hammer when Mel Gibson is about to shoot himself in the mouth and Danny Glover stops it—that is an actual. He goes al That is an actual police tactic that they train when people are pointing guns at them to block the hammer.
1: Oh, to put your thumb <laughs> in the hammer?
0: To put your thumb between the hammer and the bullet, because if you grab it in that exact spot, it will stop the hammer from hitting the bullet, and you won't get shot. Uh, that's a dumb thing. What is Canadian Mist? Is that a beer?
1: Someone uh, Canadian know. Mist is vodka. It's vodka. Oh, yeah, okay. Wait, no, no, no. It might be a vodka drink, actually. Oh, like a, like a mix? cooler. Well, uh, yeah, I no, like a, like a, yeah. Because I'm gonna look it up. Continue to talk. I thought it was a vodka, but I think it might be.
0: I thought it was a soda.
1: A cooler. Yeah, but there. It, Canadian Club is a vodka. Uh,
0: No, Canadian Club is a whiskey.
1: Canadian Mist is a whiskey.
0: Canadian Club is a whiskey. Is Canadian Mist also a whiskey? Yeah. Okay, well, there we go. Mystery solved. Um, Oh, uh, Poinsettias and Eggnog in the same scene, so I give it double uh, Christmas points. How many Christmas Christmas points do you you give
1: this?
2: Steve <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs>
0: okay so I guess i'll uh what I'll do is I'll go through my list of Christmas points Okay. and uh then we'll we'll go for the finish line here okay um so Christmas visuals uh tons I did not count things that were shown twice every time I saw. Danny Glover's house I said oh my god Tim Allen's on the roof there <laughs> <glowing>. <laughs> <laughs> so I had like a Tim Allen counter uh, but I had 18 times I saw Christmas visuals that were not repeated so everything from a Santa Claus watching the guy about to jump to them going into a, a Christmas themed store to Mel Gibson trying to do a cocaine deal inside of a tree it's a Christmas lot, tree lot yeah, yeah. So 18 times, and then seven times the words Christmas were mentioned. So either Merry Christmas or, you know, Happy Holidays or whatever. Like, somebody mentioned Christmas seven times. Um, The most predominant to me was at the end when Gary Busey's like, Merry Christmas, and he, like, (laughs) (laughs) shoots the fucking Christmas tree. Like, oh, my God. Um, Love a Sexy Sax, Mel Gibson is Crazy. And said Sexy Sax, right? Yeah, sexy sax. Who doesn't love a sexy sax? I
3: love the sexy
0: sax too. We should have sexy. We should have had sexy sax on this epi. Yeah, I also <laughs> dubbed this movie as "Oh, it's that guy, the movie," because everybody in this movie is in other movies. I already mentioned uh, Al Leong, who is in a ton, like the guy, the torturer. He's in like tons of movies. But so is the guy who gets shot through the eggnog. So is the old man who gets blown up with all the heroin. So is Gary Busey, obviously, but. The movie is littered with them, where you're like, who is this guy? And then you look at IMDb, and you're like, oh, he's in every John Carter He's movie. in
1: 35 80s movies. Yeah. Uh, Gary Busey, specifically, I thought was interesting, because I didn't know he was in this. And then he is very reserved and very not crazy. The Gary Busey oh, we know from uh, the 2000s.
0: I also wrote down, this is Gary Busey before he had the motorcycle op- accident and head Right. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime you find yourself saying, Garab you is crazy. Just remember that he broke his brain. <laughs> <Like> he literally <laughs> has a bad brain. It got smashed into a tree. Okay, so let us bring it to an end. The end of Lethal Weapon. Lethal Weapon One, some call it. I call it the first lethal weapon or lethal weapon. And we're I'll going dub. to start with Kalen. Final thoughts on the movie Lethal Weapon. You are being marked. Uh, snap.
3: Uh, minus uh, points <laughs> for
1: self-referential. Sorry, go ahead.
3: Um, but yeah, so it, it it's a fun little adventure, you know, the the buddy cop film uh uh kinda of innovative with the deny, the dynamic. Uh between the two characters, and for its time, um, was somewhat new, I guess. Uh, like you mentioned earlier, where he didn't originally like it; it, it wasn't stated who the the ethnicities of, of of the characters, and so they just kind of do the automatic whitewash kind of thing or whatever. Um, but it was fun. Uh, I personally am a a, a jokester, a jester. Uh, wild card type person, and so I do enjoy having a good laugh, um, action, and then with a little action sprinkled out throughout uh, to help keep things moving along. Um, I really did enjoy uh, Mel's performance and the reasoning behind his craziness, uh, like in the early, like I think it was like his, like so I think it was around the Christmas scene. Or the, the Christmas tree like drug deal scene where, you know, he's like, You you want to see crazy or whatever, and then does the whole uh, three stooges bit to the guys and blah blah well, blah. We forgot
1: to mention that. To,
3: yeah. And then it cuts to him in his uh in his trailer and he's like sad and getting more and more depressed, like thinking about his wife, uh, and then you know, taking the gun to himself or whatever and like just it I it 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 gave uh um weight to the reason why he was acting that way. Uh, so I enjoyed that a lot. Um, uh, let me, I'm gonna, let's say, I'll give it a, give me a cup of the, uh, let me give it a solid 3.5.
0: All
1: right. Jason, you're up. All right, buddies. I'm going to level with you here. um, I this movie exceeded my expectations. From a started the movie and was like Ugh, for until Mel Gibson came on the screen, then I was like, "Ooh, whoa!" And from that, nice from that
2: because of his
1: what? <laughs> what? Look at those nipples! Uh, from that point on, I could not stop watching this fucking movie. And when it ended, I was like, now we do the next movie. So I'm going to be watching, um, those movies. I know I've said that for every franchise and I literally haven't watched a sequel yet. Um, <laughs> I might have to do a sequel series on my own Instagram page, but my point is, is this movie fucking rocked my face. And I, it, it's it falls into that category. Like a lot of, almost all the movies you watch for Halloween, except for Halloween, that movie, fuck that movie. Um, <laughs> I should have seen these things when I was a kid and could be like molded by them a bit more. Cause this movie is going to kind of come and go. I'll always remember, you know, I'm in my thirties. I'm going to remember this being a cool movie. If I'd seen this fucking movie when I was 12 years old, my favorite, my favorite superhero would be Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's how, that's how good I think this thing is. And I think it's an important movie for the, the buddy cop, franchise moving, moving it into like the, you know, the eighties. Um, I'm sure there's other movies from the eighties that are similar, but you wouldn't get, you wouldn't get hacky uh, B movies like um, uh, Ninja cop. That's a direct parody of this. If you didn't have this and you wouldn't get the, you wouldn't get those movies later um, that are like this. And Shane Black, his writing is phenomenal. Anyway, I could talk. I could literally talk about this particular movie for three hours, and I guess that stands to what Steve was saying at the top of the show, where it's like you listen to podcasts about people that have people talking about these hour and a half movies for two, two, three hours. Um, but I'm going to give this movie a four. At the end of the day, it's a four to me, and a solid four at that, not just like a hum ha four. Like it landed directly on four because the only thing that brings it down from like a four point one or a four point two is just the little weird like the fist fight in the water and the rain, like it's too cliched and also makes no sense. But there's so many things like the dialogue with the the family man and the crazy guy who smokes cigarettes and is constantly eating hot dogs. Of course it seems like you're not smoking in my car. And of course the crazy guy who has nothing to lose is gonna say I'm smoking in your car, buddy. Also, if you don't I'm gonna eat this hot dog and kill myself. So that uh, that pretty much sums it up for me.
0: Very good, very good. Um, I guess my final thoughts on the movie are like Jason. I hadn't seen it in so long that I had almost forgotten the entire plot, and several of the other sequels had muddled themselves into my mind to the point that I wasn't sure what was going to happen anymore. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> Gary Busey's in this? Hold yeah. on, who's this guy? Eggnog Death. Um and I I went through the movie in the pacing of a typical action movie of the era, but I appreciated it because it was extremely simple and it wasn't trying to overreach with anything. It presented itself very affirmatively with what it was at the beginning, which was there's a death. There is Two cops. One is feeling low on his you know, he's been a cop for a long time. He's still got probably about 15 years left in him, but he's not feeling as spry as he once was. The spry guy putting guns in his mouth because his wife got killed in a car accident. He wants to kill himself. He's unhinged. Put the two together. What do you get? You get a lethal weapon. Literally, they say it. So I guess you're a lethal weapon. Yeah. yeah, don't test me, man. <laughs> well, it's like, you better just, uh, you know, I, I think God hates you. Hate him back. It always worked for me. Oh, my God. Holy hell, man. Um, And even the moment where, uh, you know, they're, they're trying to tell Murtaugh that he's got a new partner. And Riggs is like looking like a schlub in the police office and, like, right away, Murtaugh is like, tracked him, being like, who's this fucking guy? He's wearing dirty jeans and, like, a scruffy jacket and a hat, and he pulls his gun out and he, like, tackles <laughs> him. Yeah, it just kind of, like, gives you the <laughs> dynamic. Like, one of them is just, like, a literally, like, a loose cannon where he's, like, gonna pull his gun out in the middle of the office and check it, which is, like, I doubt you're allowed to do that as a police officer. If you pull your gun out in, like, the bullpen, I'm sure everyone would be like, what the hell are you doing, man? put that thing away um so they give you everything you need and i think my favorite scene in the whole movie is the gun range scene where yes. uh, he shoots a happy face from like oh, the yeah. longest range possible and it gives you an idea of who he is and that's kind of like reinstated throughout the movie and it's just you're sort of living through Murtaugh, but also you're not really Murtaugh. you're sort of like your own viewer where you're trying to figure out what Murtaugh is thinking you're not thinking exactly what Murtaugh's thinking, but you are sort of on his side the entire time. But then, you know, it shifts. And again, those musical cues, the saxophone, the guitar, when the saxophone is playing, you're like, I'm Murtaugh now. And then when the guitar plays, you're like, now I'm Riggs. And it's uh, it's very tight, man. This whole movie is tight. Like, they know what they're doing. Um, they know how to make you feel one way and, and completely flip it to make you feel the other way. And uh, I think for me... The verdict comes down to um, whether or not you can (laughs) you can look at this movie as, you know, like a, a typical buddy cop movie, or if you can kind of look at it as a something based around like drama based on dialogue alone, because you can you can you can track. The relationship between these two people and the growth between it throughout the entire movie if you take all the action out and you take all the mystery out you can watch these two people pinging back and forth like playing tennis with each other the entire time there's literally a point where he throws a can of beer and he like hits it with the top of the garbage can and it falls into the garbage can and it's like that's sort of him deflecting what he's saying and it's going into the trash and then he's like, it's all I was ever good at kind of thing. And he's like, is that him accepting it? Or is that him denying it? You don't know. Uh, yeah, it's it's a good movie, man. It's a good movie. I, I think that it's well-written. I think it's executed perfectly. I think the music is amazing. I think the cinematography is great. I think the action is very well uh, choreographed. Like, everything is it, – it doesn't feel choppy and bad. It all feels good. And – uh Richard Donner, again, I can't say it enough. He's a flexible director. He knows what he's doing. You he can direct a bunch of kids in a weird tomb being like, we need to play the whistle. <laughs>
2: and we can
0: also make a guy being like, the cocaine is going to blow up all those grenades. You're going to
2: blow the heroin to pieces.
0: And like he, it's like the same thing. Um, so I'm going to give this movie a, a four and a half, I think. I think this movie cool. is a four and a half for me. This is a good movie. I would go back and watch this movie again. Like, very soon.
1: I'm going to watch it again very soon, for sure.
0: I'm surprised by my own verdict. I hadn't even thought of my verdict until just then when I went on that rant, and I'm sorry I went a little longer than I should have went. It's okay. I
1: I locked in at a four at the end of the movie because I try to lock in my... Before I go and, like, research or, like, look up anything for a movie, because, you know, on Google, it always brings up, like, the Meta score and the Rotten Tomato score immediately. I don't want that to... I don't want that to it's happened where I forgot and I looked at no, it and I was I like, never, oh, I, I was going to, I was going to rate it very similarly anyway. And then it ends up getting in my head. Um, I, I locked it in at a four at the end of the movie and I thought that was going to be high. But after we talked about it, it's a solid, it's for me, like just the way it is for you guys. It's, it's locked in and it's solid. That's what she said.
3: Your, uh, your review, Steve actually made me up mine to
0: four now.
1: Did it?
2: <laughs>
0: Yeah. Well, that that makes me feel like a professor. So... <laughs> here. Um, no,
2: Angela's
1: I, the I, boss. No, Tony's again. the boss.
0: I, 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 I doubt that that'll be my mindset every time when I watch it, but like I hadn't seen it in so long, and like I was expecting it to be bad. I really was. And every moment yeah. of the movie, I was like, interesting.
1: Oh, I was interesting. ready for it to oh, suck, man. and I, I saw it was going to be long, and I was ready for it to be long and sucky. But then, yeah. fucking... Riggs comes bored. on screen, at all. Yeah. and that's before Riggs and Murtaugh even start talking to each other. It just Riggs, yeah. Riggs drew me in, and as soon as they, as soon as they get together, that's when I was like, "This is a certified fucking banger of a movie."
0: Yeah, even like the psycho showdown stuff at the end, where it's like two insane people fighting in a fire hydrant explosion. I was like, you know what? Like,
1: like <laughs> Danny
0: Glover's like. Everybody just let them fight. It's like this wouldn't happen, but at the same time, I'm like, it wouldn't happen, but let's see what happens.
1: Let's see what happens. See <laughs> yeah. I want to see this fight. It's the final battle. Final battles anyway. are dope. Final battles in Marvel movies are always like two seconds nowadays. I like a yeah, good and it's also final like a bunch battle of that's like
2: characters
0: fighting each other, like it's all yeah. CG fights, it's not Mel Gibson being like,
1: and then leg locking a guy
0: by the neck. And then Murtaugh being like, break his neck. <laughs> Again, amazing. Um, anyway, let's take it down a notch. We've given it, we've given it our all tonight. Our rigs and Murtaugh, some would say, ugh, I regret that. Um, but I am going to ask you guys this. <clears throat> hey. Have you seen this one?
2: Hey. Did you see
1: this one?
3: Uh, Can you clap me off? (laughs) Uh, Okay, bye.
1: (laughs) Wait.
2: (laughs) Did
0: you see this
2: one?
1: Yeah, I saw it.
0: Oh, we all saw it. Also, I think I said, did you see this one? I meant to say, oh wait, oh shit.
1: Okay.